What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pachalki. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Tyler and I will recap the wildest weekend of football we have ever seen with our biggest surprises and letdowns from the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Then we'll preview both the NFC and AFC championship games as we are one week closer to the Super Bowl here in Los Angeles. All this and more on episode 230 of the TSK Show, coming up right now. Welcome to the sports kingdom. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 230 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachelki. What's up, TP? How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's starting to it's starting to look like summertime around here. I mean, it, it's only January time. I know it's crazy. It was hot as hell, and then there was, and then it's cold, and then it's confusing how to dress in the morning. It's the sweater weather in the morning, and then it's like hot for a certain amount of time, and then it's like That's gets cold and like the at, dusk time. Literally, what I'm doing at work now, going with the sweater, taking it off midday, just trying to survive out here. See, they keep the radio station very cold because the equipment can't, like, overheat or anything, so it can't get too hot. So they actually blast the AC a lot of the year, so it's pretty cold in the radio station. I'm out on the beach, too, so it's like... No, la-ti-da, mister. uh, I work at the beach while I'm stuck in a radio studio all day. very up and down. You never know what the fuck you're going to (laughs) get. I can't believe you just had that humble brag right there. I I had to, you know? (laughs) Just uh, throw it out there. No, I'm just messing. I'm just drop messing. it on the ground really quick. But all right, we we got a lot to talk about tonight. It's a conference championship week in the NFL. We're gonna recap uh, super uh, not super wild card weekend actually. Uh, that was two weeks ago. We're gonna recap the divisional round. Uh, but before we talk about our biggest uh, surprises and letdowns from the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, I gotta let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by Always Toyota. If you're into vintage Toyotas, uh, especially from the 1980s, whether you're buying, selling, collecting, refurbishing, anything vintage Toyota, you got to hit up my buddy Alan from Always Toyota. You can find them at Always Toyota on Instagram and alwaystoyota.com. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. Damn, Tyler, I left the mic on and everything, waiting for the ad lib. I get, I looked at you after Joe Buck said it. Dude, I... I uh, <laughs> you were also typing something, so it looked like you were in the zone. I, I was, I was. Uh, I, got a, I got a pretty interesting text. Um, Uh-oh, what? what? No, it was from... Is it something from, that can air? It, it was from our boy, our boy Woody. It's good news. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it later. It does pertain to you, though. That's the only reason why I read it. <laughs> oh, oh, int- what? He's uh, he's good. He's good. Homies with a Dodgers pitcher, Michael Grove, twenty-five-year-old kid. Um, 
Okay. He's from Wheeling, West Virginia. Where, okay. Which is where Woody's from. Yes, so he is from West to, Virginia. Trying to get him on the show, you know. Oh, all right. Hey, we like that. Shout out Woody Pond for. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to make moves, but I didn't want to say. It. You know, I didn't know if I should say it. No, you, beforehand, I mean, just in case he, you know. Listen, hey, it's in the works. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see no, if feel, uh, Woody I, can I come felt, through. I felt like a a uh, a Dodgers Twitter you know monster that you are it could, <laughs> it could help out a little bit yeah no that'd be that'd be awesome all right well that was a pleasant surprise to start the that's show. that's why i was so distracted i mean <laughs> it, you know like the text comes through on my laptop and uh i just happened to see what it was about so i was like fuck i should i should open this one <laughs> yeah well from uh one surprise to another tyler let's uh let's talk about our biggest surprises uh from the divisional round uh, oh, man. I guess I'll start. I think we're probably going to be on the same page here because we had some very freezing cold takes uh, after listening back to the episode from last week. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, my biggest surprise was both number one seeds, the Titans and the Packers, both getting upset on the last play of the game. All four games, actually, this last past play. weekend. Yeah, were won on the last play. First time that's ever happened in NFL playoff history. First, we'll start with the Titans. Uh, the Titans got upset 19-16 to after rookie Evan McPherson uh, hit a game-winning field goal from 52 yards, which, according to Joe Burrow postgame, uh, he, said, yeah. <laughs> he said after the game, That's McPherson good. came up to him and a couple other guys on the sideline uh, before going out there to make the kick, and he basically just looked at them and was like, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship, boys. I love shit like that. That's that's so dope. And uh, this kid's a stud. You know, not too many kickers get drafted. Yeah, and he's been one of the best kickers all year. It's honestly one of the reasons that Cincinnati's been in a lot of the games that they kickers, have been in. I fucking hate them, but they make a lot of difference. For the brand, they make, baby. They, they make a big – no, that's punters. Uh, no, no, not, no. Not. For the brand is – the brand is special teams. For the brand. All right, all right. I'll give I'll give you that one. You know that you know that product better than I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's he's a G. I I, uh, I love that story, and I love people that have that kind of confidence. Um, you know, it puts it on themselves. No, when I saw the quote get uh, tweeted out on Twitter, yeah. I retweeted I to, it with the Sam Cassell big balls dance. Like yeah, that's a yeah. big balls. Like yeah. that's a cocky moment. But I love it. I love to do stupid shit like that. Whether <laughs> I'm playing basketball or I'm bowling, you know, I love to just do some stuff like that. It rarely works out in a in a scenario like him. But real quick sidebar, I saw you guys went four and zero in bowling last night. Yeah, yes, sir. Shout yeah. out, shout yeah. out the squad. <laughs> shout out Team Nine. <laughs> shout out Team Nine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I actually honestly thought that that game was the most, um, uh, like that was like a an outcome that I thought a lot of people saw. You know, it was a close game down to the wire. Yeah, the other three games, in my opinion, were were surprises. Yeah. Well, real quick though, I just the way the Tennessee game started. Ryan Tannehill throws a pick on the first play, and then he throws a pick in, on his first offensive play of the second half. So it was like Cincinnati's defense came ready to play, and I think a lot of people were maybe thinking it was going to be a close game potentially, but I don't think a lot of people were expecting Cincinnati to win. Ne neither of us thought that, especially I, with I Derek picked Henry. Him. You did? I picked him. Were we on opposite I said, sides? I, yeah, yeah. I said I, I'm taking the hot hand right now. You know, Derek Henry. It was it was their first playoff game. Yeah. And, and it was for Henry's first game but back. But no, you, I, you, I remember thinking. No, no, no. I, I promise you I picked him. But we talked about having the bye. Yeah, we did. And yeah. it being a benefit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, we did. We talked about, like, with uh, with both of them in Green Bay as well. Um, but we also talked about the bad sides of it as, as well. You know, like, it could, you know, ruin some momentum. Yeah. No, I mean that that game. Damn, that's I don't why, remember that's you why, picking the Bengals. That's why I would say, like, outside of that game, I think everything else was, you know, I mean, Chiefs was Chiefs was similar. I thought that was going to go down to the wire. Yeah, um, I mean, so San Francisco is definitely my surprise. Yeah, the with week. the way they won with the blocked uh, punt yeah. to score the touchdown. I mean, Robbie Gold, who had been terrorized for years as a Bears kicker by the Packers, he gets his revenge. So that I mean, that was cool to see. And and. Yeah, and shout out. Well, he he beat the uh, the Cowboys too, right? Yes, he did. And uh, shout out to him uh, warming up in between the cheerleaders. That was dope. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, hey, he's getting his reps in no matter what. Yeah, he's got to warm up. But I mean, 
it was just crazy to see the Packers when everybody was like, oh, these are the elements that everybody is expecting the Packers to win in. Yeah. And, I mean, Aaron Jones had nine catches for 129 yards. Devontae Adams had nine catches for 90 yards. But the only touchdown they scored was A.J. Dillon running it in. And, I mean, he bulldozed through the line, and it, it was an incredible touchdown. But he ends up getting hurt, and we don't see him the rest of the game. And, I mean, San Francisco was just putting a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I believe he was sacked five times. Yeah, he was sacked five five times Aaron Rodgers was sacked. So it's like that doesn't normally happen. He didn't throw an interception, which is great. And, I mean, that's been the consistent thing with him all year. But they just made it so uncomfortable for him with the pocket collapsing. And it was just incredible to see that 49ers defense do that to such a good team against, uh, like the Packers, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, I just – that was definitely by far the biggest shock of the weekend was Rodgers going down to the Niners at home in Lambeau with the snow. You know, it just – it had all the, you know, quote-unquote elements for a, a classic Rodgers win, and they're a superior team too. You know, um, San Francisco's obviously very good, but it just – I can't believe this Packers team got upset. Yeah. In those conditions. Yeah, I mean, they were the number – But I'm – I mean, and Jimmy G hasn't had to do shit. Well, that's the thing. He's not thrown a single touchdown this postseason, but he's got two interceptions. And he's still standing, and and, and Brady and Belichick are at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, are. I love it. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen with Jimmy G in this offseason. So there's already rumors no, coming he's, out. No, he's putting the pressure on him. He yeah, is. Now you got to make a decision. All right. What was, uh, what was your biggest letdown? Man, I mean – you got to be, it's got to be like Brady, uh, you know, not getting it done. I know that they played the Rams, but Brady's got, stop. he's got a couple runs left in him. Uh, I don't know. I we'll wanted, talk about that later. I wanted to see him. I wanted to see him do it. Uh, you know, Bill, Bills and Chiefs was, you can't really say that's disappointing for either team. They kind of, they went out swinging. Well, I can think of a way it was a letdown. Um, and then this 49ers was more of a surprise than a letdown. So I'm, I I wanted to see Brady Brady in the the Super Bowl again. I didn't. I was I was happy to send his ass home to to Giselle like I uh, tweeted out there. <laughs> I tweeted he, that in the first half and it almost came to he came probably, back to bite me in the ass. He probably was yeah. He probably wasn't <laughs> he probably wasn't too uh, mad at it either. I mean, hey, I wouldn't be. But all right, the way I can figure out that the Chiefs Bills game was a letdown was. The fact that we didn't get a chance to see Josh Allen and the Bills have a chance on offense in, the funniest in tweet, overtime. The funniest tweet I saw about this game was, "I'm gonna need a, I'm gonna need a seven game series for Kansas City and <laughs> Buffalo." Like, it's just so funny. I don't know if a seven game series in football is what you want. <laughs> no, but. but that's why it was so funny. Like, <laughs> oh, could you imagine? Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be insane. But I saw a, a video after the game where Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes were hugging and giving each other daps and and respect and all of that. And they said like, let's do this again, like for for a long time, kind of thing. And I, I hope the, it happens. One of the best football games um, I've ever watched. Very, we and we were talking about kind of the games that it was it was reminiscing of. It was like that the Chiefs Rams game. The the Chiefs Rams Monday Night Football game was was one, and then. Uh, uh, Air, the second half of the Arizona Pittsburgh Super Bowl yes. was fucking fireworks. <laughs> yes, um, and so it, that, but that one is up there with it, some of the best. I mean, two K type of possessions. Yeah, two K Madden type of possessions. Twenty five points those scored last, in the last minute fifty four seconds yeah, of regulation. Those, those last two minutes were unbelievable. Hold on, I have the okay. This is what it is. In the last two minutes and overtime, 25 combined points are the second most in the last two minutes of regulation in any game. And in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter and overtime, Josh Allen was 5 of 7 for 102 yards, and he threw two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes was 10 of 13. He threw for 188 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, it was uh, it was insane uh, display of offense and time management. Yeah. I mean, listen, the Chiefs had 13 seconds to get a field goal to tie that game, and they somehow did it. Yeah, we uh, we were we were wondering what they were going to do. Uh, we we assumed that it was just going to be like get the ball in Tyreek's hands and, and make something happen, and that's what they did on that first play. And then the second play, they got Kelsey and some backyard football stuff, and 
the rest is history. Can we talk about Tyreek throwing up the peace sign to a defender? Oh, dude, ahead. no, that was dirty. I mean, that was disrespectful. <laughs> that was crazy. I he mean, was... that was so. He's so fast. He's so fun to watch. It's it's incredible what he can do with the ball. And he was still in the pack with them. He was. There were four Bills defenders around yeah, him. Yeah. He throws up a peace sign to a defender who's ahead of him, and he gets past all yeah, four of them. Yeah, he knew he had the angle, though. And thank God the ref did not throw a flag. Yeah. Thank oh, yeah. God, because he, I mean, yeah, listen, with all the that taunting the flags that they've yeah. thrown this year, he definitely could have, but, man, that moment was surreal. But Ooh, That was uh, impressive, to say the least. He is electric. Yeah. Now, all right, I want to get back to my biggest letdown because the biggest debate, after the game, after everyone was done talking about how amazing the game was, was overtime and the rules in overtime. And I know a lot of people are going to say football has three phases to the game and all of that, and the Bills defense should have gotten a stop if they wanted to give their offense a chance and all of that. I want to just read you this stat, and it's not going to help prove my point. It's going to help prove other people's point, but I just want to have it for context. Elias Sports Bureau, which keeps track of a lot of historical stats and records. If if you're into sports and you watch ESPN, you know they use it a lot, and they'll quote Elias Sports Bureau and all of that. So this is coming from a very credible credible source for those that don't, or those that haven't heard of Elias Sports Bureau. I just had to say that. Um, like, it's like the, the source. Yeah. So 163 games have gone to overtime under the current overtime rules. Only 35 games out of 163 have been decided by a touchdown on the first possession of overtime. So 21.5% of the time, what happened in the Chiefs-Bills game happens in an overtime game where the other team doesn't get an opportunity to answer after a touchdown. So I wanted to just lay that out there. So, I mean, there's a lot of arguments that, point towards the fact that the NFL overtime rules don't need to change. I think they do. Do you think they should? Yeah, they they, they definitely should. I mean, there's a competitive side to this business and then there's a and then there's a product side to this business. And and you can't I just believe that you got to give overtime uh pos- possession each. At least. I I know that there's the whole uh oh, we had 60 minutes uh to win the game. Well, See, after 60 minutes, they were tied up. Yeah. You know, there wasn't a winner yet. And uh, I, especially in the playoffs, they I, I just think that no matter what, like if they go for three, seven, eight, or zero, the other team should get a shot at, like, you know, defending those points. Right. I mean, it's think of, I mean, it's kind of different because there's not a coin flip in baseball, but think of an away team hitting a home run in the top of the 10th inning. And just the game's over, and the home team doesn't get a chance to answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that is exactly what it is. I mean this is a back and forth possessions game. And and yeah, the defense, I, I guess you could say, should get the stop. But at the same time, I mean, who, who everybody watching that game wanted to see each team keep going, haymaker for haymaker. Exactly. Uh, so that's where like the product part of it. I just it makes your sport better, and I believe you get a bigger winner. And you don't necessarily have to do it for the regular season, you know. Well, I, I think that the the playoffs, though, you got to give everybody a shot to to kind of answer. I mean, I think for the regular season, the first thing they need to do is get rid of the tie, and it always comes up because there's usually always one tie a year, and we always talk about it on the show. And I just don't believe ties should exist in professional sports or in sports in general. Sports is a competition; there should yeah. be a winner and a loser. But it's, it's a rough game, though, and it's tough to score points. I mean. The only reason why the games are as high scoring as they are is because, you know, it's six points for a goal. Like, you know, hockey and soccer, they use ties all the time. There's not a ton of scoring. Right. Uh, and and you can go long periods of time without a, a score. And I think that after, after what, I mean, hour and 15 minutes of football, it, I don't know if you're going to get, you know, it's a war of nutrition after that. Yeah, but, I mean... In the regular season, it's like you don't necessarily need a winner. You just need, you know, a, an end result. I just – it doesn't it – does, It does suck to – I mean, obviously, I don't like ties, but I get it in a regular season scenario like in a sport like football. But that's why I think 
I'm such a proponent for like people want to bring the college overtime rules into the NFL. And it's like, no, I, I don't want that because college gets it wrong too. I want just a continuous overtime where it's another quarter, just like a page out of basketball's book. It's another quarter that they got to play till the clock hits zero. Yeah, yeah. If, they're, if they're still tied at the end of that, you play another overtime. Yeah. After If it's tied after that, you play another overtime until there's a winner. That's just what it should be, in my no, opinion. No, it's, it, it would be tough, though, to play two or three overtimes. Hey. You know, you're asking for – Someone's got to have the will point. to win at some point. It, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they both might if, if you get a position each, you know. <laughs> I, just, I just think, in general, the overtime rules in the NFL need to be overhauled to the point where – They've always been kind of fucked. You know, it's always been weird. Sudden death was awful, too. Yeah, I mean, sudden death, you don't get a chance to answer. Yeah, yeah. Even if it was a field goal, it was right. really just like, you know. But, again, I think that the playoffs, 100%, there needs to be a, a guaranteed possession for each team to match. I guess I, c- I can come and meet you in the middle, and I'll, I'll agree on that. I mean, it's essentially what I want, too, but just a little bit more of a condensed version. Yeah, yeah. But, all right. I mean, we that was something – that was just a highly debated topic that that needed no, to be aired out, and it's a good it's a good debate too because it's it. I mean, these kind of games, I don't care what stats show, you know. All those games, you you just never know what happens. Yeah, and it's like I mean, the divisional round that we just had in in the NFL was the wildest weekend of football I think we've ever seen with our own two eyes. Yeah, it's got to be the the best divisional round ever. And as far as drama goes, and I mean, even trying to come up with thoughts and Rogers go down, but right. But it's like, even, even to, to, to come up with thoughts and ideas for this, like biggest letdown and biggest surprise segment, it was just like, there wasn't really a letdown this weekend. So it's like, I kind of had to find something and the overtime rules is like, yes, we need to figure this out. Yeah, we do. And I just I think that's something the the NFL really needs to to take a hard look they're at def- this this offseason. And they're definitely going to. And stop calling taunting flags because taunting is awesome, to a point. Don't cross the line. There's yeah. there's a certain. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just the it, it's tough to kind of police that kind of stuff because you let one guy do it because it's not so bad, and the other guy where's the line? And well, and people people were getting mad that Tyreek didn't get flags because they had called something earlier in the yeah, game exactly. or in a different exactly. game. Exactly, that's why it's it's tough. Yeah. So all right, let's let's move on now to the conference championship preview. Uh, we'll start with the AFC, but real quick, this is the first time Tyler since 2009 that neither Aaron Rodgers nor Tom Brady are playing in the conference championship games. Yeah, that's that's a, I saw that. That's it's a wild 2022. Stat. It's a wild stat. Brady's had a, a, a stranglehold on, on football for a long time. Yeah. So, all right, the Cincinnati Bengals, they got to go to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals, they're coming into this matchup as the obvious underdogs. I don't think anyone is expecting them to win this game, especially after for what we saw from – the Chiefs in the game against the Bills. Um, I hope they can keep it a close game. They have the talent to do it. They've shown it uh, this season that they can keep up with the big dogs. I hope it can happen, but I also think it could get ugly early, and if that does happen, the Chiefs aren't going to look in the rearview mirror. No, they need they need to keep it close out the gates, get some momentum going. Either you know They either need to score early, or if they're not scoring, they need to be you know holding the Chiefs down. They can't let the Chiefs get out to an early lead. They need a similar game, honestly, to the game they had against the Titans to where it's like a 19-16 to 16 type of game. Yeah, I, I do think that they have a sh- chance because they can score with them. Their offense has is, is got the, the juice, but uh, Kansas City just seems like they're the clear Super Bowl favorite at this point. Yeah. Now, after the game against the Bills, Patrick Mahomes now has 25 touchdowns in 10 career playoff starts. Drew Brees and Kurt Warner have 23 Aaron Rodgers and Dan Marino have 22. This is Patrick Mahomes' fourth conference championship game start, fourth in a row to be exact. Um, he's he's only, only been starting four years. Took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, fuck. And he's only 26 years old. And yeah. um, Troy Aikman and Steve Young started four conference championship games each. Dan Marino and Drew Brees only have three. Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan only have two. So it's like. 
He's doing this four years out hold of four up, years. Hold up. Russell's got more than two. Conference championship starts? Yeah. It starts for sure. He's got two wins. He went to the Super Bowl twice, back to back, and and then we we lost to Green Bay, at, or was it San Francisco? We lost one as well. Okay, well then maybe the maybe I got the stat wrong. So maybe that's that's that seems crazy to only be the to only be two the two that we went. That would mean it was only the two that where the Super Bowl starts. I'm pretty sure. Probably. I mean, I guess. I mean, it would it wouldn't necessarily shock me. I just. In my head, I feel like we've lost an NFC championship game in the last 10 years. I'm looking the, up his record. The Niners in the... He's 2-0. and the, Damn, okay. That's surprising, honestly. Off the top of my head, I would have thought some of so those the Packers, losses... So the, the Packers or 49ers loss must have been in the divisional round. Yeah, yeah. I was, that's what I was just about to say. I would have thought those, uh, those losses were uh, conference championship games. Nope. Yeah, I learned something new about the Hawks today. That's rare. <laughs> And I taught it to you, so that's definitely rare. Yeah, yeah. But all right, um, yeah. I mean, we're we're both on the Chiefs on this game. It's it's been a great ride for the Bengals. They have a very bright future. I mean, we talked about Joe Burrow being in the running for comeback player of the year. Obviously, if he can continue to grow the way he has with Jamar Chase having an incredible rookie year, he's got T. Higgins, he's got um, Boyd, Joe Mixon. They they got a whole crew in uh in cincinnati that they're really starting to build around and, and zach taylor's really starting to build a culture in cincinnati and really starting to turn things around i mean they have their first two playoff wins this year in 31 years so yeah no I, I, the they're uh they're here to stay they're not going anywhere they're built extremely well uh and it's it's a different Bengals team than the years past where it was like more of a gritty kind of you know classic afc north team this team is like fireworks yeah they're all flash yeah and i mean similar to baltimore it's like that division's kind of changing yeah definitely i mean because that was a brutal like death row of defenses and run games was that division well in this year it was a highly contested division as well i mean it was a battle until the last week i i think that you know that that division has to be right there with the nfc west is just year in year out good football teams top to bottom and next year, the the AFC North title is just going to have to run through Cincinnati. Yeah, which is great. Which <laughs> I is can't crazy. believe the words that, just came out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, <laughs> it's tough to see a new team kind of emerging, and and I definitely think they're here to stay. I think they they built a sustainable style of play. Yeah, they got the things you need. You know, quarterback, co- young coach, uh, playmakers for your your number one pick. It's, it's going to be people are going to start signing there to play with Joe Burrow. I would want to play with Joe Burrow if he's going to keep throwing the rock like that. Yeah. All right. He could go to the Super Bowl this year. He might. A lot of people are picking the Bengals and the Rams to be in the Super Bowl. I've seen it a bunch on Twitter. I mean, I know. Yeah, there's some interesting matchups. I mean, Bengals, Bengals, Niners would be the last time. The last time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl was Bengals, Niners was Bengals, Niners. And I believe it's the highest rated telecast in CBS history. Wow. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. I think it was like a mix of like, you know, TV being at its peak. Right. And like Joe Montana, you know. Like yeah. That was kind of his legend, like bringing football, like almost kind of like Jordan did, making it, you know, another level popular. Yeah. 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 Damn, um, but crazy. yeah, they, they shouted that they shouted that out on the telecast that like the Bengals, the Bengals Niners Super Bowl was like the highest rated telecast ever. That's crazy. Damn. All right. Well, speaking of the Niners, let's let's move on to the to the NFC Championship game, and we could have a Rams Chiefs rematch of the Monday Night game, and it'd be in LA, just yeah. in a new stadium. Yeah, that'd be that'd be sick. There's some there's some good uh, there's some good matchups. Like it's a weird four. It's not the four that I would have ever guessed, but uh, it, there's some fun possibilities in there. Yeah. So all right, San Francisco 49ers coming down to LA to take on the Rams. The 49ers they're coming off the upset win over the Packers. Uh, like we said, Jimmy Garoppolo has yet to throw a touchdown this postseason. So that can either mean one of two things. He's either getting cold at the right time, or that means he's due and the Rams are just going to have to be on their P's and Q's on Sunday to avoid falling to 0-7 under Sean McVay against Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers since both of those guys became head coaches in 2017. I mean, that's clear. That's It's clear who the mentor is here. Well... You know what I mean? No, but, but because the the Rams have had better teams. Yeah, 
You know, that is like a clear mental edge coaching. I mean, to be that dominant. Against, it's crazy. To be that dominant against the Rams in the in these last three years is incredible. I mean, he he knows. He's like, <laughs> I, I got the formula. I got this. I know what it is. I know how to do it. Well, and it's like we saw that we kept seeing the graphic uh, during the divisional round where it was Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, yep. and Sean McVay all on that Washington uh, coaching staff together. And we're talking puppy McVay. Like, yeah, like 2013. Younger, yeah, like 10 years younger than me right now. That's how old he was. And he, he got hired at 30, and he just turned 36 this week. Yeah, he's a, and when he was working, but when he was working with Shanahan, I mean, I think he was in his mid-20s. Had to have been. Incredible. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, he, that's got to be so nerve-wracking for him. You know, like, obviously it's his friend. It's, it's Oh, like, they're very close. Yeah, like, yeah, but. But at the same time, like, you know, deep down, he wants this. It's not a regular matchup. You know? No, there's. A a every time an athlete retires, he'll come out and finally say how he really feels. And it's always like, of course, that one meant a little more. You <laughs> of know, of course, we have to say it's one week at a time. It's the next opponent and everyone's the same and every game's the same. But no, that's not true at all. Yeah. No, see, I can't wait for the Shanahan McVeigh documentary, like the the Belichick Parcells documentary. Oh, well, they got a lot of fucking work to do to get, <laughs> to get there. No, I know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just. So, that. and and I believe that the Chiefs Super Bowl win was against the Niners. So we've got that too. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. So we got that. That's another possible uh, cool matchup. Yeah. But I'm real. I mean, I'm root. I'm 100% rooting for Stafford at this point to win the Super Bowl. There we go, Tyler. That's that, what I like to hear. There's nobody even in the. There's no one like I would rather see of all the players on all four teams, of all the coaches. 100%. I want this for Stafford. Wow. I mean, I'm a huge fan of this guy. I've I've loved him since he came into the league, and and I'm so happy that he's got this opportunity. Um, I think the Chiefs are the favorite. I'm sorry to say, but uh, I see the Chiefs ultimately getting to the Super Bowl against the Rams. All right. Well, the Rams, I think they're they're going to have a lot of work to do. And that's going to be a fun Super Bowl. Yeah. But the Rams, they're going to have a lot of work to do. They're they're coming off the crazy game against the Bucks. They led at one point twenty seven to three. They got very close to that. That Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Yeah, they. I mean, they you almost, almost got became that, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, you almost got the Atlanta treatment. That would have been horrible. Yeah, uh, they needed a game-winning 30-yard field goal from Matt Gay after he had previously missed short from 47 uh, previously in the fourth quarter. Uh, that would have same, same with Bucker. I mean, yeah, he, Bucker he, missed he one missed, too. He missed one too, and he had to come back and get that clutch one. Yeah, um, but I mean the the field goal that Matt Gay missed would have gave the Rams a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter when Tom Brady was making his crazy comeback. No, your stomach sinks at that point. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Watching that game <laughs> yeah. in that second half, yeah. it was it was bad, Tyler. I've, I been, was, I've been there. I've played, I was, I've, Brady's, Brady's stabbed a dagger in my heart as well. <laughs> In a Super Bowl, no less. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he did it. To, he did it to me too a couple no, of years ago with the Rams. What I mean. But it's it's a that's why everyone's stomach drops because every fan in the, in football outside of Bucks fans are like, oh no, yeah, he's gonna do it. Yeah. It's over. The he is down fourteen <laughs> with the ball in the fourth quarter. It's over. <laughs> Can't stop Tom Brady when he's down fourteen in the fourth. Well, and then. Let's not forget the fact that the Rams became the first team since the 1975 Steelers to win a game after losing four fumbles. Yeah, that's weird. Um, that's a weird uh, anomaly, but that kind of shit happens in the playoffs. Cam Akers had two fumbles. Cooper Cup had a very costly turnover, which was very uncharacteristic of Cooper Cup. Von Miller uh, had a sack fumble uh, on the play right before Brian Allen had snapped the ball over Matt Stafford's head, basically. And, I mean, that was one of the weirdest sequences in football. You just see it on the play-by-play -play on the ESPN app. It just says fumble, fumble. Like, in literally no time had passed. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the weirdest sequences in, in football I think I've ever seen. Stafford did throw two touchdowns. He didn't have any interceptions. No interceptions so far in the in the postseason. Fingers crossed it, it stays that way. Um, Cooper Cup had a 70-yard bomb for a touchdown. Incredible route incredible fucking throw too oh I mean, just a dime 
You know, you know, you've always seen that thing about the Olympics, how they need to have like an average person doing the events too. So you yeah. gotta get like a. Hey, I I wish people could see like what a normal like throw out like a three star high school quarterback, and have him try to make that throw. It's not happening. Like I I always compare Stafford's throw to like Steph Curry's jumper. That's like that's what it's like watching him throw the football. That's a that's a pretty interesting comparison, Tyler. Which is like the fluidity, the yeah. flick. It's natural. This yeah. is not this was not taught. You know, he's worked on it clearly, just like Steph. But this is just something that's like God God-given. given. Yeah, you you can't duplicate it. Yeah. I called Aaron Donald's sack on Tom Brady right before it happened. You can ask any one of my boys <laughs> that I was watching. I was like, Aaron Donald's about to sack Tom Brady right here. Um, shout out to uh, Corey, Ben, Spencer, and Allen. Uh, we all watched the game together. It was, a, it was a dope, dope day. We ordered a 75 wings from Wingstop, the whole big, large party platter, and just fucking went ham. It, it was great. It was it was a lot of fun watching the game with uh, with the boys Those are and good watching times. Brady go home. Uh, like I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it. Uh, you forget Tom Brady. There's so many people out there that want to see him leave. <laughs> He's done yes. a lot of people dirty over the years. A lot. But we'll we'll talk more about uh, his future in a little bit. Um, one more quick thing about this conference championship game. This is the fifth time in 25 years that teams from the same division uh, will face each other in the conference championship game. And obviously this is the third time that these teams will play out because they're in the same division. They play each other twice. They're now playing each other in the playoffs. This is the second time this playoffs the Rams have had yeah. to play a division opponent. We're, the, the, the NFC West is unbelievable. I mean, it is a fucking gauntlet. We've said it since this show started. This is the best division in football and the most competitive. Uh, yeah, the last 10 years, it's, it's you know, it's clearly the best. Yeah. And even the 10 years before that, it had a ton of Super Bowl, you know, appearances and playoff success. So uh, the West is always right there as as the creme de la creme. Yeah. Now, I'm I'm very nervous for this game because, like I said, Jimmy G could be due for a very big game. I wonder if the NFC West has any of those um, those NFC championship matches. Uh, the five times in 25 years? Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I think the Seahawks and 49ers have one like, in there. I was like, yeah, I got to have one in there. Yeah. The, those Kaepernick-Russell Wilson games were brutes. Yeah. I mean, Brutal. the the, Sher- the Sherman-Crabtree game. Oh, one of my favorite games ever. <laughs> You're going to throw uh, a sorry-ass receiver like cranberry sauce at me? <laughs> I don't know if you remember Mike Epps's. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. He did it even better than Sherman did. <laughs> but, no, I mean, listen, I'm I'm really nervous because the way the Rams game against the 49ers went the last game of the season, the Rams gave up a du- double-digit first-half lead. The Rams just gave up a double-digit first-half lead to Tom Brady. It Something's got to give, like, Something's got to happen in the second half here to where things just need to click more for this Rams team. Hopefully it can happen against the 49ers. Um, I, I'm i obviously picking them to win. They got the home field advantage. Hopefully the crowd uh, is more in favor of the Rams this time because it, it wasn't uh, from what I heard uh, at the last regular season game. But, I mean, the Rams have a chance to defend home field in the conference championship game with the right to move on and advance to the Super Bowl in their home stadium. There's a lot riding on this game for the can, Rams. Can, I mean, can you believe that we could have uh, back-to-back home Super Bowl champs? And it had Absolutely. never happened before yeah. Before Brady did it last year. Playoff football, man, you never know. Just wild. But, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously picking the Rams. You're rooting that's for Stafford. De- that's why Detroit's always a safe bet for the Super Bowl side. You know the home team's not going to make it. What a ricochet shot. Sorry, Lions. That was uncalled for. Nah, Detroit's a cursed city. It's okay. It's too bad. But all right, that that does it for the conference championship preview. Staffy will get one for him. That's not for Detroit if he wins it in LA, Tyler. It, it, it'll feel that way to a lot of people in Detroit. Oh, it's going to feel that way for it's like, plenty of people in Detroit. That's our, that's our guy right there. <laughs> you can have him. We want him to win. Yeah. That's but, how I felt when Ichiro left. I wanted him to get a, get that ring. Oh, when he went to the Yankees? Yep. I was like, fuck yeah, let's go Yankees. <laughs> get Ichiro that ring. Didn't happen. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on. Got a couple more things to talk about before we get out of here. Uh, first, Sean Payton announced he was stepping down as head coach of the Saints after 16 years. He has three years remaining on his contract. 
He said he doesn't plan on coaching in 2022, but he never like definitively shut the door on the idea of coaching again uh, at some point in the future. So if he were to come back and coach after uh, next season, after he takes a year off or whatever, the Saints and him would have to agree to some sort of buyout or a team could make a trade for him. But the Saints would be looking for some sort of compensation in return for giving up Sean Payton's rights. I don't blame him for that. I mean, he's walking away from them with three years on his contract. I mean, the business yeah. is business. I get it. But, I mean, what do you think the future holds for Sean Payton right now? I mean, the Saints are the ninth team currently looking for a head coach. Um, they are $74 million over the cap next season. It's I kind of think I know why he's leaving. I, I fucking love Sean Payton. And if you've listened to the show, we like Sean Payton is the guy that's like, fuck the NFL more than anybody. And, and, and I think, right. He just did the saints. So fucking dirty. <laughs> you I know, mean, he signed Taysom Hill, gave him that money, but it's a, it's a voidable deal. They could void it any time they want. And, but I'm just saying he, but no, he I know. like, he went, you no, know, he got, he got Taysom Hill a bag. He got Michael Thomas a bag. Yeah. No, nah, he, he, uh, and, and Quentin three, he doesn't give a shit. No, he doesn't care. He, he does not care. And how, do you know how long he was at his press conference today? How long he talked or yesterday was 90 minutes. Yeah. He yeah. was talking for a long time. I mean, he's like, he doesn't, he, he is just making a mockery of it all. No, he was letting it sing. Yeah. He, he doesn't care. Um, he definitely not coaching this year. The only reason why I think he's definitely not coaching this year is like Schefter, uh, seems Schefter, like, Schefter uh, seems like a pretty good uh, source as far as you know, having a good finger on the pulse of what people are looking at. Oh yeah, at. yeah, yeah. And, no, and, Adam and Schefter's he, one of and, the best in the business, and he believes that uh, he believes that there's no possible like scenario that has him coaching this year. Yeah, and I mean, listen, that seems pretty definitive to me. He wouldn't come out here and say it so. Like matter of fact, if you didn't believe it, right? But Sean and, Payton, and never, when he says like sources say, I'm like it, Sean Payton's his fucking source, like not necessarily. But Sean Payton never said it himself. But obviously, yes, there are reports out there that he is not going to coach this year. He's probably going to go do TV and get a get a bag for a year from a TV yeah. network. I think uh, he's going to sit back a year, maybe two, and and wait for that right opportunity, and he's going to jump. The only way I think, I mean, immediately when he like it was announced he was stepping down. I'm like, all right, Dallas, here he comes because he was there before he was with the Saints. He was the assistant head coach and the quarterback's coach for Dallas. He's familiar with the Cowboys, familiar with Jerry Jones. He's been linked to them for years uh, since, like, uh, it's kind of gotten rocky the past couple of years um, in New Orleans and Dallas, obviously, with them switching head coaches with Jason Garrett, uh, moving on from Jason Garrett, excuse me, and and hiring Mike McCarthy. Um, But, I mean, you – I think hit the nail on the head. He's he's doing them dirty. Jake Gold on on Twitter from the Good as Gold show. Uh, shout out to him. He's he's a great Twitter follow. Uh, he's actually local kid from uh, here in the Valley. He went to Notre Dame High School, I believe. He he actually goes to my barber. That's kind of how we have the similar connection. Classic barber shop right there. Yeah. Um. But um. He made the comparison that this is like Pete Carroll leaving SC before the NCAA came down on him, and I thought that was a perfect comparison. What's funny about that is like when I was talking to uh uh to my buddy about Sean Payton, um, I like we were talking about how now other teams are gonna have this like if they're on the fence about firing their coach, but they think that they got a shot at Sean Payton, like some guys could be possibly fired that wouldn't be fired if Sean Payton wasn't available. I think Mike McCarthy should and, be f- and, pretty and, nervous right now. And we we compared it to Pete Carroll, like uh, I don't think Jim Mora Jr. gets fired from the Seahawks uh, unless Pete Carroll's available. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, he, in, in my eyes, he got shafted. I mean, he, it, I think it was unfair. They gave him one year, fired him, because Pete Carroll obviously worked out for us. But yeah, um, <clears throat> there is a lot of similarities in that situation with, with Pete Carroll and Sean Payton. Yeah. No, I, th- I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant comparison by Jake. Um but yeah, I mean, I think I think as soon as the Dallas opening, Dallas to me, I think is grooming Kellen Moore to be the head coach. It just it seems. But he's like, in. I think isn't he interviewing other places? Yeah, he yeah he is. Um, and if he doesn't go, but if he doesn't go anywhere, I gotta assume that that they want him to be the next the next guy. It would make sense because I mean he's got a good it relationship would, with Dak. It would be tough to bring in Sean Payton this year with Kellen Moore, who's calling plays. Yeah, 
I, I, I get that, but it's just the Cowboys are always going to make I hope, a splash. I hope Kellen Moore gets a shot this year. I, I'm excited that he's uh, getting interviews, but ultimately I think he's, I mean, he's the same same as Jason Garrett, you know, backup quarterback for the Cowboys uh, who becomes an assistant and, yeah. and moves up with Jerry Jones. Yeah. So, all right, um, two more things real quick. We got to talk about Brady and Rodgers because all the questions now are what's their future uh, going to be. Uh, we'll start with Tom Brady. He, th- he, I think, alluded to retirement for the first time ever on his Let Go podcast with Jim Gray. I'm just going to read this quote from you, and I just I want you to sit back and, and really take it in, Tyler, because I, I don't think we've ever heard this tone from Brady before. He said, the biggest difference now that I'm older is I have kids now too, you know, and I care about them a lot as well. They've been my biggest supporters. My wife is my biggest supporter. It pains her to see me get hit out there, and she deserves what she needs from me as a husband, and my kids deserve what they need from me as a dad. Every year, I just have to make sure that I have the ability to commit to to every year. Every year, I just have to make sure that I have the ability to commit to what the team really needs, and that's really important to me. The team doesn't deserve anything less than my best, and I feel like I'm not. And I feel if I'm not committed to that, or I can't play at a championship level then you got to give someone else a chance to play. And, you know, we'll see. There's a long time between now and the start of next football season. I've got to really figure those things out, which is probably natural for anyone. And at the same time, I would say this. We never know what's going to happen in the future. We really don't. I mean, Kobe Bryant, a friend of ours, God rest his soul. Crazy he was saying this on a podcast, and now I'm reading this, and it's the anniversary of Kobe's death. Um, Crazy. Um, You think you're going to live forever, he said. We're not. Uh, we think we're going to play forever. We're not. What can we do? We can enjoy the moments that we have. So, I mean, I, I just think that's a very different tone than we've ever heard from Brady after a season, um, especially over the last two or three years. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's in a different – it seems like he's in a different place um, as far as, like, what what he's trying to get out of life. Uh, I think he's going to come back for for uh, for either either a farewell tour um that's like broadcasted like this is my last dance scenario or he comes back one year and you know we'll we'll see like what happens with that uh and maybe he he retires after the season you know just naturally but i do i do believe that um his family and Kobe and Kobe, I think, has a big, you know, part of all of this like formula as far as like viewing your life and cherishing every moment. Uh, I think that he'll give it one more go just to kind of close the book, you know. Yeah, I think. Well, because it just felt like this year he he was still so effective. Yeah. No, uh, I mean for sure he I, was in the MVP conversation. And so I think that he gives it one more shot, like coming off an effective year. Um, you know, maybe he tells you know. It just seems like he has the type of family that would support that idea. Like, no, they've supported like, it for this long. Yeah, like, no, nah, dude, you got it. You have, you cannot. Like, if you've got it in you, you got to give it one more. At but least. what else does he need to do? He's got as many rings as the Steelers. He doesn't, he doesn't need to do anything. But also, like, I remember Brett Favre and and him just going back and forth and how detrimental it was to like you know the Packers essentially. Yeah, uh, you know, kind of. <clears throat> If, if you've got a little bit of itch and that training camp starts, you're going to want to be out there, you know? And I think he's been very good at just kind of already committing to it before that back and forth. Yeah. And uh, what, one thing that you brought up was the the farewell tour. I was obviously listening to the Pat McAfee show, and he has a Boston guy on there. Uh, his name's – he goes by Boston Connor. Um, and they, they've been talking and, to him. And they don't have anybody to give the rings to either. Yeah. But, I mean, they they were talking about how Brady – and from everything that we have heard from former teammates and, and current teammates and all of that is like Brady is one of the most team first guys. And and they were saying how they, they don't really think that Brady yeah. would be the farewell tour type to where yeah. he would just quietly walk away on his own. Yeah, uh, I, I do. I do see that side of the coin, too. Definitely. A.B. was actually talking about that on I Am Athlete about how he's like Tom you know because they asked him about how you feel about tom brady and the buccaneers he said those are two different things like right tom is such a like you know he's so committed to everybody um, well because he knows it takes everybody to win a championship yeah yeah, yeah exactly um so 
I do see that too, like him. But that's why I was like, I think the two scenarios are we know it's a farewell tour or next year is just it and he walks away. But I, I just don't see him walking away after this season. I think that's why they were saying that I think it would make sense to walk away after this season because it's like, all right, he didn't win the Super Bowl. He's not like riding off into the sunset like everybody was picturing him. He kind of, he lost in the divisional round and it's just like, all right, I'm just going to quietly retire this offseason and yeah. just do my thing. But I mean, I could I, I could also see a farewell tour, and I mean, I yeah. could also see him not wanting a farewell tour, and teams just doing it anyway. The the whole like the the family and and how he's viewing life at this point, the way he's talking and the way he's on social media and stuff, it does feel like he's close to close to that point as he's ever been. Where a year ago it was like he's got five more in the tank. Right. You know, he was saying like, he can play a, till he's fifty. It's, it's a beast. You know, you can't stop him. He's always had five years left in the tank for the last ten years to me. You know? Yeah. So I mean, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I would hate I would hate for that to be the way it went down. I would uh, love it, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think he's got one more. I think he's got one more in him. I think, and I do, I do think that his family is going to be part of that decision, and that kind of that's like a big part of why I think he'll come back. Is I feel like his family is going to be like. Dude, you were MVP. This team is like ready to roll still. You know, still intact. You got all the things you need. If you've got it, if you got any itch in there, you got to You got to scratch it. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, now, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. He goes on the Pat McAfee show during the football season every Tuesday. He made his appearance yesterday. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about uh, with the way the game went and all of that, but. Um, one question that was brought up obviously was his future because that's really been the question since last off season is Aaron Rodgers' future with the Packers. And he basically said that he's going to make his decision on whether he's going to either a retire B ask for a trade or C come back to the Packers fully committed. Uh, by the time the deadline hits for the Packers to sign Devonte Adams, to the franchise tag or not. And he said on the Pat McAfee show that he's basically like going to be respectful of the, the Packers and their situation because he understands that a lot of guys are basically waiting on him to make his decision. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I think he, I think he comes back and not for, not for the Packers. Yeah. Uh, I don't see, uh, I just don't see the Packers committing like financially to all those guys that they have to pay. You know, it just seems like the right time for the Packers to kind of. I mean, if you got Aaron Rodgers, you're going to want to bring him back, but they've got a lot of guys that are are up on contracts, and and Rodgers just seems like he doesn't, you know, he he doesn't seem like fully committed to the Packers. I, he seems he, fully committed to like playing good football. I completely agree with that. My thing is, and I thought it was a great point brought up by Rob Parker on the FNA show, hosted by Adam Oslin and Kevin Figures. Uh, great podcast you guys should go listen to. Uh, they had Rob Parker on uh, from Fox Sports Radio and uh, ESPN fame back in the day. Um, and he brought up the fact that the AFC is loaded with young, like young gun talent at quarterback. And is Aaron Rodgers going to want to try and keep up with all of that if he were to move I mean, to the AFC? He the fucking pace, you know? I mean, they're trying to catch up to him. Yes and no. It's. I mean, individually, they're trying to catch up to him. Their teams have a lot of momentum, you know, which is like. But at the same time, Packers just won the NFC, you know. Right, but if he doesn't come back to the Packers, where does he go? No, that's that's a that's a much more difficult question. Uh, I mean, there's not a ton of uh, a ton of great options. We we also spoke about man, like you know, if he came back for a Devonte Adams franchise tag year well they they posted that uh, they were the last dance this year yeah yeah that's why i don't think it's going to happen but if it were to we were talking about like is there a universe where sean payton and rogers try to try to make a run in, in two seasons from now that'd be crazy but i mean because aaron Rodgers doesn't seem tired he doesn't seem like he's he's he doesn't that, seem tired of football but he seems tired of the media he does but he's he's fucking hot right now i mean he's he's got his clouds racking up now it's not in, in a great light but <laughs> i mean he's got to be the most talked about football player on the planet yeah oh for sure but 
I just I don't know. I I think honestly I'm leaning towards more that he's gonna retire because of everything that's happened over the past year, and he just doesn't want to deal with the bullshit anymore. Uh, I, I'm, that's for sure a an option. Um, I think all three of those are valid options. Packers, not the Packers, retired. Um, all three of those could happen, but in my mind, I I see him playing football, and I don't see it working out with the Packers. So I got to go with him playing some some somewhere else. Yeah, I I think it's he's playing somewhere else or he's retiring for sure. But we're just like Brady, we're just gonna have to wait and see. And he's not gonna be he's not gonna be a rebuild guy. He's gonna want to go play for a contender. No, I mean that's that's why Sean yeah. Payton's getting out of Dodge. He didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. Yeah. And and real quick, shout out to Sean Payton for getting out of the Benson family's hair because I mean the Benson family has just seemed to be running both of their organizations that they own into the ground. Yeah, the Saints though. They've they've had a they've had a uh, a little bit of bad luck. They've stayed competitive for for what's you know what's gone down. I mean they tra- you know they had their franchise quarterbacks left. Uh, Michael Thomas has been hurt. You know Camara was hurt uh, a year ago, not this season. Um, and now Sean Payton left. Yeah, it's been it's been tough. So like some of that stuff is not in their control. The Pelicans has has been a, a dumpster fire. Well, that's because they're more focused on the Saints. They they blew it last year. They're blowing but, it this year too. Well, no, it's been blown. I mean, it's it's. There's no shot now. Last year it was their chance, and they fucking blew it. Yeah, but all right, we'll we'll get more into basketball talk uh, in a little bit. But yeah, I see Brady. I see Brady with the Bucks, and I see Rogers somewhere else, in San Francisco, a Pittsburgh, somewhere else. All right. Well, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting off season for the two of them. And the Saints were probably a decent option for him before 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 Peyton, Peyton left. Yeah. 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 But all right, uh, you you got anything else before we get out of here? Um, do yours. I did. I did have one. What I'm like now. I'm, Your shout out. Yeah. Now I'm. Well, now it wasn't going to be John Stockton because we talked about. No, it's never. <laughs> that's never the answer. Uh, just John Stockton got banned from no, Gonzaga. There was a, there was, for... There's a football shout out I had, and I literally just had it in my mind. It's shit. Give yours. Out. All right. Well, I'm I'm shouting out David Ortiz for being voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Obviously, there's a lot of controversy surrounding this year's induction class because it was Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, and Kurt Schilling's last year being on the ballot. People are mainly upset that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens didn't get in in their final year. Me, personally, I said that I couldn't care less that Barry Bonds didn't get into the Hall of Fame, but that's because I'm a biased Dodger fan. But, I mean, baseball, I think, overall, and it's really taken me – until yesterday to really finally come to this conclusion. Um, But baseball has just been getting in its way for so long over the past few years that these guys, especially from the steroid era, not being in the hall of hall of fame is just another example of baseball getting in its own way. And it's just a, a complete disservice to the game, to the fans, because it's like, I mean, the stare, the steroid era is a part of baseball. It honestly is what baseball back from the strike in 1994. Uh, uh, now, uh, I believe I saw a stat that said David Ortiz's on base percentage, yeah, is 380. And if every uh, all seven, however, 700, right, 750 something. Well, if all of those were outs, Barry Bonds's on base percentage would be like 382. <laughs> yeah, it. I mean the. Barry Bonds' stats before he was on steroids. No, he would have been in the you're Hall right. I mean, they put that's putting it in a good way. There, I mean, baseball is just getting, you know, getting in their own way. Uh, this is your sport. I mean, these are your most popular, polarizing players. People grew up at having them as their most, you know, their favorite player. Pete Rose has the most hits in baseball. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds has the most home runs in baseball. He doesn't. He's not yeah, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Roger Clemens has the most Cy Youngs. In baseball, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, those are pretty big, important numbers. I would say. Those are not a baseball guy, but those are pretty good. (laughs) Those are like the three biggest. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean uh, it's it's incredible that the the hits king and the home run king aren't in there. And and that's just that's just those two are just like the example of the era of players that you need to start letting in. It's just crazy that you're not uh, having your best players in the Hall of Fame because of, you know. Uh, you you want to hold on to these traditions you know baseball has all these you know kind of crazy unwritten rules and laws and um and the baseball writers are a bunch of old crotchety white guys that are just 
I mean, such gatekeepers that they they just well and unfortunately like steroids is part of baseball like that's that's the that's the truth you know that's the matter of fact it's ingrained in the sport it is part of the sport now well um, it was and, and you have to and i mean people are still getting caught for it but it's like they're testing a lot more frequently for no it no and i mean in pro sports in general for sure yeah uh, but it is part it's in the game i mean that's just part of baseball now no i mean it will always be in its history yeah, I mean, when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were going on that home run battle that one summer, I believe it was 96 or 97, I can't remember, I was like three, two or three years old, but it's like everybody was glued to the TV when those yeah, guys yeah, were up to bat. Yeah, exactly. And it's like... And it's still a showcase of skill. I mean, obviously, like, I get if you're just against it 100% because it's a cheating type of scenario, but I, I don't think it's just, I don't think it's that black and white. Yeah, especially in baseball with the way they weren't testing for it for a long time and it was basically almost accepted and kind of just like look the other way to completely go and no, this isn't allowed. Like we need to get this out of the game. It's, people are always going to push the limits when it comes to millions and millions of dollars too. And these are people's dreams. So uh, if they think it's going to give them an edge, a lot of people are going to do it. Yeah. Now my, my one thing is, and, and I don't think I've seen anybody else ask this question, but I just I don't get why players become ineligible for the Hall of Fame. Like it makes sense you have to wait a certain amount of time before you before you come el- become eligible. Like you got to wait five years before you become eligible. I get that. That's but- smart because you remove like the the heart, you know, the emotions of it. Like okay, we've we've we step back, we reflected on his career, and we still think that he should be in there. Right, and it's like, why do these guys after ten years have to be taken off the ballot? Like. I just I don't get it. Are, are you're talking about like so then you you know because there's a certain amount of spots that are for like the like old old players or whatever. Well, there's so a complete go, there's a completely separate vote for that. So I yeah, guess they yeah. be, I guess they become eligible again yeah. later on in it's, life. But it's, but it's more like limited. It's more limited. Much more limited. And but it's, it's hard. Like, it's harder to do. But it's just like they're retired. It's like they're not like nothing's changing. So it's like. Just leave them on the ballot, and it's just like if people start to change their mind and vote for them, they'll eventually get in, I guess. I mean, I guess it's a way to keep it more restricted and, and more— Yeah, because, I mean, you like, could have three guys that stay in that, like, top round for years and never get in. Yeah, and it's like this year was the, the year that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens got the highest percentages that they've ever gotten, so it's like more people were starting to vote for them as the years were going on, but it's just like— at 10 years, they're now taken off the ballot, I think, for a certain amount of time, and then they go to, like, the old-timers ballot. But it's just, like, I don't I don't think it's... Yeah, because, what, there's five... I, I don't know baseball, but I'm pretty sure basketball is five slots uh, for each. It's, like, it's five... For, no, I don't it's think... It's, like, five first ballot guys, and then there's, like, the five where it'll be, like, a coach. Um, I don't a think call, there's a... No, like, there's no cause limit. Because it's, it's a basketball Hall of Fame, not an NBA Hall of Fame. Right, but I, I don't think there's a limit on how many people are in a class. It's just whoever gets voted in. You don't think so? There's, I mean, there's a limit on the nominees, Yeah. but I don't think it's limited to specifics of, like, this is a player, this is a coach, this is a... Uh, but, I mean, like, once you're past that window, those first, like, however many years where it's, like, you know, your, your fifth year to, like, your tenth year after retirement... And then you go into a different pool no, of like I don't old think, timers. I don't think it works. I don't and think so it works you, like that for the so basketball. And so there's like a guarantee of getting like older players in every year. I don't. I don't know if it works like that in basketball. Yeah, that's a good system though. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean, you give the majority of the stakes to like the first ballot guys, you know, the superstars, and then there's a couple spots where like the guys that keep kind of being well right on the fringe like that that gives them an opportunity every single year to possibly get in david ortiz is the only guy that got enough vote like enough of the percentage of the votes to be voted into the hall of fame so he's the only person going in in this hall of fame class there was there there was a year damn that's i didn't realize that's how baseball did it yes you have to get a certain percentage of the votes like i believe it's like 70 it's in the 70s i think 72 or 75 percent of the votes and how many votes does each person get? One vote. But you can vote for as many people as you want, but... Um, yeah, you can vote for as many Hall of... Like, you could give them a list of 12 players that you think should be in the Hall of Fame. No, there's a list of who's... Like, hold on. I'll, hold on. I'm breaking the, I'm bringing this up. I didn't realize baseball's Hall of Fame was so, so, so confusing. So the 2022 ballot this year was Bobby Abreu, Mark Bonds, Mark Burley, Roger Clemens, Carl Crawford, Prince Fielder, Todd Helton, Ryan Howard, Tim Hudson, 
Corey so Hunter. How, do, how do they get to the this list? It's just whoever's who's eligible. Who's eligible from the five year window of retirement to the ten years at post retirement, like ten years after you become eligible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, and then and then what do voters they get? They get a they get this list and yeah, they can it, just X off who they're voting for. Well, they can vote. They can vote for as many. They can vote for as many players as they want. Yes, like they could do the whole list. Yeah, man. And each, each, yeah, yeah, and then it's just you got to be on a percentage of everybody's cards. Yes, like, you got to be on seventy-five percent of the voters' cards. Yes, that's how it works. Yeah. So it's um, baseball. It's very arbitrary. Yeah, that's crazy to think like no one could get in. Yeah, I mean, there's there's people that will leave their ballot blank. There's there's someone that leaves their ballot blank, just says or that. they only vote for like Jeff Kent. And it's like, what are you doing voting for Jeff Kent? <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. I mean, not really. But anyway, so I I wanted to shout out David Ortiz for getting in just because I felt like being a first ballot Hall of Famer for David Ortiz. And obviously there's controversy with him in steroids because he had a positive test, but the test was supposed to be private and never the, the results were never supposed to be like revealed to the public. And it comes out in a, a leak and all of that stuff. And who knows? David Ortiz is in, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and all those other guys, they are not in. That's just what it is. Don't take it up with me. Take it up with the voters. We've spoken. Yeah. Hall of Fame. You uh you figure were- it out, baseball. I, I can remember. <laughs> it was it was a football thing for sure. Um and it and it had to be when we were talking about like old games. But yeah. All right. Anyways, with that, that wraps up episode 230 of the TSK Show. For Tyler Pacholke, I'm Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Peace.